Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, all. Uh, this is Dr. Simon, and the stories we live by is the show. And what I want to talk about today are those stories or parts of stories that uh, we can't uh, put into words, that we can't express, that we can't find someone uh, to share the story with. And I want to talk about what I think are some of the reasons and what are some of the consequences of that. Uh, By the way, before I start, uh, the last show I did, somebody called in, at least afterwards. I get information afterwards about how many people listened live, how many uh, uh, archives, and if anybody calls. Now, I should know that someone called, but in fact, it says I have a caller. It never came up on my uh, board. I have a switchboard where I can, uh, someone calls, I could plug them in, and then we can share stories. So uh, I don't know what happened. If that person is listening, try again, and maybe um, we'll have better luck this time. If, if It does tell me, again, that there was someone or people trying to call in, and I never found out. Uh, they have all kinds of tech geniuses uh, behind this show that uh, I know can help. So let's talk a little bit about... Uh, the stories that we don't tell or the pieces of stories we don't tell and the consequences. Uh, I'll tell you what what brought this on. I'm always looking for for interesting stuff to talk about, Uh, at least stuff that might be interesting to me that I think then has a chance of being of interest to somebody else, to other people. If it's not of interest to me, uh, then I'm just blowing bubbles. I'm just, uh, you know, my lips are waving and there really is no uh, value uh, oh, hello, Marion. Um, there's no value in my uh, even doing it. I, I did a show a couple of months ago, and I was just doing it to fill time. And um, so much of life is filling time, don't you think? Uh, where there really is no vital uh, uh, connection uh, to our lives. I mean, that's one of the consequences of having a large set of experiences uh, and a large piece of yourself that can never be uh, said, either to yourself or to others. Uh, you're cut off. And, and uh, I think that more and more of the people I see around me uh, are as lonely as lonely could be because so much is uh, 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 unsayable. Now, I want to differentiate between that which is unexpressible and, and, and that which is unsayable. Um, so much of our personal experience is um, un- inexpressible. In fact, we're inherently lonely creatures because it's so difficult to put into words what we experience. Let's say when we're happy or we're sad. We have these words, happy or sad. But I bet that no two people are happy or sad in the same way or see the color blue in exactly the same way or uh, have a mouthful of steak and experience it in the same way. So much of life is unexpressible. And one of the joys, uh, at least in my life, has been to share certain experiences with people so that when you look at their face, when you read their body language, uh, it seems to me that there's a connection because what's unexpressible is shared. And so much of what I think is important that is lost in life is when we can't share the experience. 
Um, it, it, it becomes, uh, again, you, you can say certain things about the experience, but so much is unexpressible. And when it's shared, when certain experiences are shared, you don't even need the words. Uh, I think that's when there really is closeness. And, and uh, this happens between good friends. It happens between lovers. Um, uh, again, I, I see all kinds of married people who uh, at one time or another did share all kinds of experiences. Uh, they could talk about it or not talk about it, uh, but, but they shared the experience. And in that way, it really didn't even have to be said. But they've lost over the years the connection and uh, just live together. Uh, life becomes for them and for so many people a performance. Uh, you're doing it out of rote. There's no emotional feeling or connection. Uh, the experiences are, are lost. Uh, there's, there, there's no meaning or there's no real reason uh, for being involved. Uh, l l let me tell you a little bit about the unsayable and what led me to this. I, last week I talked about my knee and my knee operation. And um, it's still not clear whether I'm going to have full, I'll have full function, but just how long this knee is going to last, because there's a lot of arthritis in the knee, and the other knee is starting to bother me. And I'm at an age where this has great meaning to me. One, because uh, as this arthritis creeps up, uh, there are activities, even if I get a knee replacement, that are going to be lost to me uh, that are important. And it seemed to me that this is, is really um, telling me something about my own mortality. And let me tell you what you can't say to anybody uh, or very few people. Uh, I'm afraid I'm dying. I'm afraid my life is coming to its end. And I don't mean right now. I'm sitting here and I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, cocktail hours coming up. I enjoy doing this broadcast. Um, I feel there are people uh, out there that I connect to. Uh, it's a good feeling. It's a good experience. It's not a bad time of life. But I know in my soul, I know in my bones uh, that uh, I'm going to die. It's different than when I was younger and say, well, someday I'll die. This is something I feel. And what makes it unsayable to so many people, because uh, many of the people I live with down here are my age, uh, people who like me, my wife who loves me and depends upon me in so many ways. I depend upon her in the same way. This becomes unsayable. It becomes unsayable uh, like anything that becomes unsayable because it touches the same feelings and experience in the other person and they can't bear to come in contact with themselves. And so there are really two issues here. It's what you can say to others and what you can say to yourself. And if you can't say certain things to yourself, I think it becomes impossible to say them to others. I mean, I, I just, it, it's, it's axiomatic. But worse, you can't hear it from others. And so the ability to become connected, to put things into words, to come as close to your own experiences as you can without running away. Uh, once again, you know, I, I, uh, my constant theme of how many people are sad about their lives or feel that their lives are meaningless, that they don't have purpose, and all they do instead is drink or take drugs. Uh, and then they go to the doctor because such deep feelings that are unsayable or feared to, to be experienced become defined as an illness, as something wrong. Uh, 
Um, these are issues related to the soul. And to be able to, unex- to not be able to experience ourselves this way is to not experience our own souls. And this is to be very lonely and I think very dangerous. Um, I think uh, that uh, the, the, the disconnect from the human race, which I see more and more people, um, I really do believe that it becomes symptomatic when you see uh, young people go into a store. We had a, an incident down here uh, about last month. Some guy went back for his child's uh, teddy bear in a Wendy's restaurant down here. And some other man walked in and opened fire and killed him and four other people. And we look at this and we say, what kind of meaninglessness is this? And I think that's precisely it. I think the person who does that has become so disconnected from himself and so lonely and so full of anger and hatred at the people around him who are alive that he wishes they were dead. And he does it. I mean, I don't know that that's the motive, but I certainly think that's one of the consequences of being so out of touch, of splitting off from ourselves uh, the vital aspects of being an alive human being and able to share experiences with other human beings, share the experience of love, of sex, of, of, of a good meal, um, to be lost this way and not to be able to say it to anyone. Unfortunately, I think there are children who grow up in homes where nothing can be said. They can't say anything. Uh, I mean, I've worked with people for 40 years, and there were children whose parents were uh, on drugs or alcohol who were just unavailable for any kind of emotional interchange, uh, or lived in homes where if they said something, it was immediately an offense that could be seriously punished. And so they were so terrified or so put into pain by the response of the adults around them about uh, things that they said, about things that they experienced and felt, that somehow, and I don't know how the mechanism works, I think it's really quite automatic, and outside of our experience, conscious experience, uh, they become disconnected. And the more split off and the more disconnected, the more lonely, the more angry, the more frustrated, and the more unable to come to grips with what needs to be said to become a whole. And I think, I'm not healed, by the way. I hate that word, healed, Uh, as if somehow there's a sickness that needs to be healed. I like it better when I say made whole, connected to what's really there that is unexpressible, but worse, unsayable. We can't even get to the point of being able to say. Um... One of the things that I think makes a good therapy, if such a thing exists anymore, uh, because more and more of the therapists and the people living in our society uh, have all kinds of things that that the culture says you can't say. You can't talk about the fear of death. You can't talk about suffering. Uh, If you say to somebody, I'm really suffering a pain, take something. Not, I understand where your pain is. I felt the same pain, you see. And more and more therapists, that younger people, when I still trained people before I left the field, um, became unable to allow themselves to experience what the people that came to them for help experienced. 
and help them put it into words. And it became more and more, well, uh, depression. The insurance company says we can only have three sessions talking about your pain, your emotional pain, the feeling that your life is worthless, that you're more dead than alive. Um, and, and, and then become terrified uh, to go further and allow the experience to be shared and end up saying, well, I have to send you to a psychiatrist uh, who's going to drug you. So that if there's good therapy uh, or, or good friends, I mean, what, what makes a good friend is that you can share experiences. Uh, they allow you to be you in the sense of saying what you want to say. I'll talk a little bit in, in a few minutes about how to say, because a lot of times we try to say things, and we ourselves are responsible for turning off others so that they can't listen, that they can't uh, 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 hear, because in a sense, we talk at people, we don't talk with them, we don't try to reach them, but I'll get to that in a bit. A um, couple of, 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 of things that are bothering me about this, because they're cultural, um, I, I keep feeling that I'm living on a planet. You know, I, I came, made up this many years ago. Uh, I think it was during the Vietnam, Vietnam War, Vietnam War, that I said to a group of students, I feel like um, when I slept one night, a spaceship kidnapped me and brought me to a planet that looks just like the Earth, but somehow things are different here. Uh, and I think the difference in the planet I'm living on now, which is not the planet I was born on or raised on, really does have to do with political climate and the way corporations now dominate the landscape. We're all supposed to be happy moron consumers. You're not supposed to be unhappy. I was in the gym this morning rehabbing my poor little knee, uh, which, by the way, thank you for asking, is coming along. I, I may actually have a couple of years of shelf life left in this, uh, in this thing. Uh, but anyway, um, and, and, and some woman is talking about clothing she buys. It was, it was uh, the show, Tyra Banks' show, the supermodel. And everybody is screaming at this celebrity. Now, I don't dislike Tyra Banks. I don't know Tyra Banks. But everything discussed on this show was of a level of superficiality that it boggles my mind. There's nothing real to connect to. Now, we're talking about clothing. And this woman was talking about how she has to have a label, uh, a high-level label, stuff that she can't even afford to buy, otherwise she feels inferior. And she can't connect either to the emotional experiences. She, can't uh, she has no awareness of what did this to her or how to break through. And there was nothing in the discussion to help her because everyone around her was talking at her. There was a psychologist expert who never asked her anything personal, because you can't talk about anything personal. And then in the middle of a sentence, Tyra Banks says, now we have a commercial. This woman can't be heard because we have to sell something. So there is this mask, I think, over so much of our culture that the happy morons that we're supposed to be can't ever talk about pain or suffering or the suffering of others. The, the part of me that really does feel I'm on another planet, more than anything else, is this damn war. We now have, it, uh, most people don't seem to know this, 4,000 American dead. Um, 30,000 at least 
incredibly serious injuries. I mean, we're not talking about lost limbs, lost private parts, serious brain damage. Lives that have been absolutely mutilated, and no one wants to hear about it. No one wants to talk about or relate to the terrible suffering of these individuals and their families and their husbands and wives and children. And we don't want to talk about it. The candidates don't talk about it. Oh, the war shouldn't have been started. The war should be started. How long should we stay there? Should we get out? We shouldn't get out. It seems to me if we were able to relate to the suffering of our soldiers and the incredible suffering of the Iraqi people since this war began, not that they weren't suffering before, but it's estimates of 600,000, maybe a million people have died. Two, three million people have left their homeland and are living in tents somewhere outside of their homes, not able to practice their professions, not able to get on with their lives. This is invisible. How can this be invisible? What does it do to us that we can't talk about this? Ah, the Republicans won't like it. The Democrats won't like it. It seems to me we're like a lost people. And, and, and it pervades every aspect of life. Go shopping, be happy. If not, there's something wrong with you. Take your pills. And what happens to the con some of the consequences, not merely the rage, but people have to keep busy. They have to keep running, buying, drinking, smoking. They have to go from one activity to another activity to another activity. They can't sit down and be with themselves. They can't sit down and have a conversation that is meaningful with, with anybody else. I had some, uh, an old friend come uh, down here. And he came, and we had a wonderful visit. He brought a former lover. Uh, he's gay, my friend. And a former lover who's now a very close friend. And we had the most fantastic evening because we were all comfortable to talk about our lives, our fears, our experiences. Um, and he, this young man, well, 48, he's young to me, but he's not particularly that young. He said to, uh, this is what a credible evening. He says, how rare it is that people can sit down and just be comfortable and talk about the things they like, the things they dislike, the things they're afraid of, the things that give them pleasure, uh, to make these kind of connections. Yes, Marion, whenever you mention where the world is moving, those people who are the most afraid don't almost get hostile, they get hostile. That's exactly the point. They are terrified because they are terrified. Because human beings, there's a wonderful philosopher I've mentioned before by the name of Levinas, uh, Emmanuel Levinas, a French philosopher uh, of the 20th century. And Levinas said that we are inherently, as human beings, moral. Now, what does that mean? Not that we practice morality, but we know when we're not being immoral. You know it because you start justifying things. Because when you're comfortable in yourself and you're comfortable in what you're doing, you don't justify it. You just do it. Okay? You just share it. And so much of that is now being lost. Uh, said Levinas, when you throw somebody into the street as if they were a sack of garbage, you may do it, but you know you've done it. And that has to be discussed. And people are running for themselves. 
they're running from others. And I see it around me, and it terrifies me as a psychologist. It terrifies me. I mean, I put on television, and there's just garbage or false kinds of emotion. Uh, my wife likes to watch uh, some of the reality shows like uh, The Biggest Loser. And these people who, who, who cry and cry and cry out of happiness, out of self-pity, um, they feed our need for emotion, a public display of emotion. And they're not there for any reason but to sell stuff. They're commodities to be used to sell stuff. Okay? And whether the show does good or not, I think that it fills a need, the public display of emotion. I mean, uh, Mrs. Clinton cried in one after one of the primaries. She showed emotion, and her public rating went up. Oh, my God, she has feelings. She's not a robot. Well, all of these politicians are human, but the last thing they're able to do, or, 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 or we'll accept them doing, is to show a human side, particularly if they get angry, particularly if they make a faux pas. We don't want to see it. We don't want to know about them having sex. We don't want to know about anything. Uh, it's all driven underground uh, while the corporations uh, continue to turn us into happy morons uh, who are as lonely and as sad as possible could be and angry and potentially dangerous. A couple of things about saying. This is kind of hard to, for me to express because I, I, you, know, you, you have to know what I'm talking about. There is a, 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 uh, a saying among bartenders that the guy who stands at the bar and says, poor me, then says, pour me a drink. Uh, Self-pity and pity are lousy emotions. I think that when you say something and you look to be pitied, people run. It's very hard because pity means there's really no hope. And if there's no hope that you feel for yourself, uh, then... People will run. Right? So one of the things that I think is difficult when we try to express our feeling is to express pity, self-pity especially. Pity is an ugly emotion, and I think self-pity is the ugliest. Let someone else sympathize with you. Uh, how do you get sympathy? I think by stating simply how you feel and asking others, asking others, do they understand what you feel? Do they feel the same thing? What makes therapy when it's good, this wonderful commodity, if it's good, is that you're invited to express yourself in a way that is understandable and shareable by another human being. It's the sharing that becomes critical, that forms the bond, that forms the, the, the uh, interaction, that allows it to go in places. Uh, the other thing that, that, that makes it safe, and that's so incredibly important. Uh, so the next thing is no judgments. Don't ever say to anybody, it's a waste of time, you did this to me. You are to blame. It doesn't matter that it's true. The minute we attack someone or ourselves for this, you see, this blame game, the minute we attack, what we end up saying to somebody is, in fact, you have to defend yourself morally. And when someone has to defend themselves morally, because the thing we fear the most is that we're not worthy, not worthy of love, not worthy of respect, not worthy of kindness. This is what makes things so unsayable. 
If I say it, I won't be loved. If I say it, I'll be hated. If I'll say it, I'll be despised. If I say it, I'm a nobody, I'm a nothing, I'm lost. And yet, it's where you find yourself. It's in what you fear most to say to yourself or others. But how you say it can't be done with a blame. Uh, that's something that sometimes has to be learned. It's something that many times people don't have insight. You did this to me. I'm this way because of you. Your mother won't hear it. Your father won't hear it. Even if they feel guilty, that guilt only produces responses of anger. It does not produce the kind of I acceptance and closeness. I understand your pain. Uh, you remember President Clinton? Most Many of you are listening, maybe too young or apolitical to remember. The moment that Clinton beat George Herbert Walker Bush for the presidency on television, they were asked questions, personal kinds of questions, and somebody expressed pain about their economic condition, and Clinton said, I feel your pain. And at that moment, I think it was at that moment, it doesn't matter, George Herbert Walker Bush looked at his watch because he just didn't get it, and he wanted the damn thing to be over. A disconnected man, a really disconnected man. Ah, nobody is more disconnected than his son. Now, I'm not sure Clinton really did feel anybody's pain, but he said it in a way that resonated and at that moment, he won the election. That's what did it. And everybody who watched it understood that something really important had happened politically at that moment. You say, I feel, I think, without blame. This is what I feel. This is what I think. And leave it where it falls. Those people who love you will never say, shut up. They, will never, they won't do it. They'll find a way. They'll find a way, if not in that moment, in a later moment, that will resonate with them because we all do feel many of the same things. We all do share so many of the same experiences. In one way or another, we all have to confront our own demise, our own death, our own mortality, our own insufficiencies. We have to be able to do this. We're all more human than others, said a very famous psychiatrist by the name of Harry Stack Sullivan. I think that was a very wise thing to say. So, I think I've babbled on long enough. Uh, I think I've said what I wanted to say. Um, we all share suffering. That doesn't mean I have to uh, cry on your shoulder. It doesn't mean that I have to ruin a good time over dinner. Uh, but when you say, I feel hurt, what you said made me feel hurt. Okay? I felt hurt about your comment. That's not blaming anybody. It's simply giving back to them something that's basic and sayable to you, that you feel in relation to them. And that either closes the door of the relationship or if they see the value in it and they are in contact with what you've aroused in them they will come back and say, I'm sorry, I didn't know you feel that way. And this opens a dialogue that I think is critical to, uh, to, to getting life in some way that is truly livable. Because more and more, when I look around at the, at the meaningless nonsense, at the, the commercials, uh, happy morons acting like morons, uh, in these commercials, selling us things that we don't possibly need. 
this endless political process of people who seem to be playing a role in acting. And you, the mask, the superficial mask, the public person seems to be all that's left. So, uh, say what you need to say. Uh, maybe I'll do a show next week where I won't say anything. I'll just let people uh, who want to get on say what they want to say. Uh, that would be an interesting thing to do, I think. In any way, have a great day. And uh, for those of you who listen, thank you. And for those of you who will listen, thank you again. And take care. This is Dr. Simon. Until next time, uh, let's share our stories. Goodbye.